You're listening to Cricket Ultras. This is Arun Sudharman. And joining me from Shanghai, a man who regularly bowls 10 ball overs. It's Darren Burns. <laughs> it's actually true. I almost bowled a 10 ball over last weekend, Arun. I bowled, I bowled a 9 ball over. And that's bowling off spin. So I slid a few down the leg side. But um, yeah, we'll get to that later, won't we? This whole the 100 thing. The 100. Okay. And yeah. I thought the 100 was some crappy TV show. It didn't work, and I'm not sure this is going to work either. Well, it kind of reminded me of 300, which yeah. was, you know, the, the, the what was <laughs> it, the, right. the Trojans' last stand? or Yeah, something like that. This this also feels like cricket's last stand. Like yeah, it's just, also rather comical. Yeah, it's like they've just <laughs> given up too. on everything, and this is their, right. their last shot to get people interested in the game. It's a real, a real Hail Mary. Anyway, um, on that note of, of bowling long overs, my, my uncle... Um, um, rest in peace he, he passed away a few years ago but he used to rest be a, an umpire he was actually an international umpire and of course a first class umpire in india and um the interesting thing is that he once called a nine ball over in uh, in a first class match in india um and this wasn't a nine ball over because, you know, there were wides or no balls. He just forgot to call over after six <laughs> balls. And, you know, you can't stop until the umpire calls over. I find it very hard to believe that the umpire or the batsman didn't raise this to the umpire. No, no one raised it. They, they the, didn't realize that it, it was, was actually a, it was They did, but, you know, no one... Uh, I think this was uh, something like 40 years ago. Uh, and I think at that point, uh, umpires were perhaps held in a little more esteem. So... Uh, <laughs> Even think, in India. <laughs> well, maybe particularly in India. Um, and he was a fairly s- a stern character. So I, I can't imagine him brooking much dissent. But apparently this was a televised match and the commentators, or at least it was, it was, there was commentary, so maybe it was just on the radio. And uh, the commentators were really, um, c- couldn't, couldn't handle, couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh, and anyway, I was told as a child never to ask my uncle about the nine ball over. It was not a topic of conversation that he was interested in discussing. It's actually a good name for a podcast, Arun, the nine ball over. nine ball over. Yeah, or... I like it a lot. No, well, maybe if Um, if we call it the ten ball over, maybe the ECB will look to to send us some sponsorship money. Anyway, we'll get to that later. Let's talk about the IPL, Darren, and your pick for the tournament, the Delhi Daredevils in disarray. (laughs) The Delhi Daredevils are in disarray, Arun. Um, But I did question very early on, why Gotham Gambier was captain. You did. And he's actually just stepped down uh, yesterday. So yeah. that, that that prediction turned out to be quite correct. My yes. prediction of them being an outsider to win the cup <laughs> is looking a little bit <laughs> a long way away at the moment. Um, yeah, I think the, the team is in disarray. I think they, I think it's weird they have Glenn Maxwell batting at number five. I mean, he should be opening the batting or batting at number three. Um, I'm not sure about some of the bowling picks they've made. Yeah, they're in real disarray. Mm. So I, I actually made the case for Gautam Gambhir as captain, and, and it's clear did. it's clear I got it wrong. <laughs> He's, um, I mean, I think the big problem for him is not it's not really been so much the captaincy, but his batting. His, I mean, yeah. it's clear he's, you know, his career is over as a batsman. Uh, yeah, I think and so. That, and that happens. You know, time catches up with all of us. Not not with you, obviously, Darren, but but with, <laughs> but with the rest of us. Um, yeah. And it does. I'm, I'm actually quite surprised he stepped down, though. It's rare to see someone stepping down after six matches. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Ricky Ponting had a quiet word in his ear. Yeah, he did. 
Ricky Ponting actually did that when he was captaining Mumbai Indians, I believe. Mm. Back in the day, he stepped down midway through the season. So maybe he, <laughs> he mentored young Gautam Gambier in that area. But I think what's interesting is you mentioned, you know, people sort of going into the sunset of their careers. But I think this IPL has really been about the return of the old school. Mm. Um, there's been a lot of veterans and war horses that have been written off, but have really shone through the tournament. And if you look through the best performances, it's really the experienced old school players. It is indeed. I mean, Guys I think... in their late 30s, mid 30s, who are really stepping up to the fore. Mm. So which ones have caught your eye? Well, I mean, I have to say Shane Watson's 100 the other night. I mean, yeah. I'm a big Shane Watson fan. Uh, I think he was a great one-day cricketer. Mm, he was. Um, he is. He showed his old form. He, he's so strong and powerful, just pummeling six after six into the stands um, off spin and pace. So that was exciting. I, again, I think A.B. de Villiers 90 the other night. If mm. people haven't watched the highlights of that, you, know, you can go to the IPR website or YouTube and have a look. It was absolutely scintillating. Some of the shots that he played were just outrageous. And it was vintage... A.B. de Villiers, of course, we saw him in a good bit of form in the Test Series against Australia, but he's really in form this series, and he's really batting very well. Um, and for some reason, the Universe boss, Chris Gale, <laughs> yeah. he calls himself the Universe boss is that his, when he's talking uh, about himself. Is that his nickname in the bedroom, do you think, <laughs> I as well? <laughs> I guess he's given himself that name. Mm. Um, so he, he, was, he was kept out of the first few games, which was quite weird. Mm. And then he made the outrageous statement that Verenda Siwag saved the IPL by picking him in the team. And of course, Verenda Siwag is his coach. Now, Chris Gale belted several very high scores. He looks amazing and he's returned to his old ways. But gee, he's got some um, humility. Yeah, it's amazing to think that what he went through two rounds of the auction without being picked. And yeah. I think was one of the last players picked up. Yeah, um, and, you know, he's prone to these kinds of comments. I think he kind of fancies himself as a sort of Zlatan Ibrahimovic of the cricket world, but with none of the charm. I don't really know who that is, but I've heard oh, okay. of him. Well, he's a, he's, a, he's a footballer who also is prone to these statements. But when he makes them, everyone just kind of smiles and nods and agrees. And yeah. is sort of thankful to be in Zlatan's presence. Whereas I think Chris Gale doesn't engender the same... Um, same level no, of affection. Doesn't. However, he's doing very well for the Kings Eleven, who are themselves. Uh, yes. I think, I don't know if you call them the surprise package of the IPL, but under the leadership of Ravi Ashwin, they're looking very good. Um, you mentioned the, the performance of veterans. I think some of the other players that have stood out, Dwayne Bravo yes. is doing a very good job down um, down there for, for, for the Chennai Super Kings. Um what um, about uh, Sinil Narayan, both Sinil with Narayan. bat and ball? He's doing, doing very well. Very well. Ambathy Raidu, uh, who's no spring chicken. Andre Russell. Yes, uh, also, Dre Russ. Also doing, yep, Dre Russ, also doing very well. So you're right, you know, Ajinkya Rahane, a, a, a number of, of, of these kind of older players are doing well. Now let's talk about the players who we expected big things from, mm. starting with Darcy Short. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. Poor old Darcy. Uh, he got run out in his first two games. Um, I, I don't believe it was his fault. Um, but yeah, he's looked like he struggled a bit. I think it's, it's a really big stage for him. I, I think he hasn't really adapted. And he's really only been proven in Australia and New Zealand, right, on those faster kind of wickets. So I think he's been wanting. But in his last dig, I, he did get up to 40-odd. So I wouldn't be surprised if they give him another shot. 
Has, has he not been dropped? I thought I saw he'd been dropped from the team. Yeah, he's not playing in the starting 11, but he might, they might bring him back. Yeah, of course they might. Um, how is Jofra Archer doing? Jofra Archer has been a sensation, as we talked about. Mm. Um, on debut, he picked up three wickets, mm-hmm. bowled very quickly and very host- with very hostile pace. Yeah, uh, He looks great. He's a great athlete, as I said before. He's a great in the field. He's, he's an emerging batsman, but he was, he's great. And a great pickup for those guys. Who's caught your eye, young guns? Rashid Khan. How about Rashid Khan? Yeah, Rashid Khan is, is, has been good. I mean, he's been, I think, a bit up and down. Yeah, he has um, been. But I think in his most recent match, he bowled very well. Um, the other Afghani leg spinner, is it Mujib? Yeah. Uh, who I think, I think Mujib he's... Mujib Yeah, he's also... Uh, no, Mujib Zadran. He's 16 years old. Yes. Uh, and, you know, he's a, he looks like a real prospect, I have to say. Yeah, um, he's good. So, actually, no, he's, he's turned um, 17 since the auction, but he's, uh, he's, he is the youngest player. Didn't he bowl the last over the other night? He did. Yeah. Imagine a spin a seventeen-year-old bowling the last over in an IPL match. <laughs> it's incredible. And and, and you think, know it was uh, he also bowled very well against um, Virat Kohli in just his second game of the IPL. So he's I think he looks really good. Um, Rishabh Pant, the Indian batsman, uh, not you're a fan. Not really a surprise package anymore. Uh, I mean he's already in and around the Indian squad. He's looking good. KL Rahul has been very impressive. Um, yes, he has been. A little bit of a surprise because, you know, you, you don't expect this from him when you see him batting in tests. Uh, but he has the highest strike rate um, off the well, first Well, I think Kane balls. Williamson's also been very good, right? Um, yeah, Kane. He's looked great uh, for Sunrise's Hyderabad. He's really stood up with David Warner out of the team. Yep. Uh, he's batted very well. He's he hit it. I mean, obviously, he's a classical stroke maker in test cricket, not exactly a rapid player, but he's looked really great too. Krunal Pandya uh, has also bowled very well. So the, the, the lesser Pandya as... as <laughs> the le- <laughs> I'm not sure if he's a lesser Pandya anymore. I'm not sure, yeah, I'm not he's sure. He's making a case. This is, this is the big question, right? You know, yeah. he's, he's, he's definitely having a better tournament so far than his brother. Yeah, I think he's been... Hardik's been a bit up and down. And then, of course, the other Mujib you mentioned, Mujib Ur-Rahman. Ur-Rahman, uh, yes. Who's also having a very good tournament. So, you know, so it's But always, we didn't really mention... I mean, leading the bowling... Leading wicket taker is Mayank Makande. Yeah. Okay. Who? I must confess, I don't know much about this person. Do you? Um, no, I've seen him bowl in a couple of matches. He look. He's very hard to get away, and he bowls a lot of mixed bag deliveries. Right. I think that's the key in the IPL with the spinners. Right. You mentioned the young guy before. I think those players have probably never seen him bowl before, so they really don't know what he's going to bowl. So it's always difficult. You know, when you face an unusual spinner or a new bowler, you don't really know what they're doing. And so I think after you face them for a few overs, the sort of novelty effect wears off. So that's where the coaches and captains are sort of bringing these guys in and out and getting them against different players who maybe haven't faced them before. Mm. Um, I think it's very interesting. Another player like this is Ankit Rajput, the Kings eleven bowler. I mean, he, mm. um, in, in, in the match on Monday, uh, he bowled you know, brilliantly, two for 23 or four overs, taking the wickets of, of Prithvi Shaw and Glenn Maxwell, yeah. won the man of the match. And he's a relative unknown. Um, yeah. So, so well done to him. Uh, Andrew Ty is looking quite good. Yes, he's doing very well again. A good, a good buy for the Kings Eleven, I think. Yeah, and he's the, he is, I think, the current owner of the Purple Cap. 
I think the purple cap is Mike Makande. Oh, is that, if I'm not is that moved? Okay, so it was. Yeah, it was Andrew. Kai, he was so briefly, yeah. and I think we didn't also mention Sadaf Cole, who was also doing very well. Yeah. Um, and Yarav, who's done pretty well in this series oh, he, so far. Yeah, he started the tournament brilliantly. Is, is is he sustaining that performance? I think he's still going pretty close to it. Yeah. Um, okay. Who else has done well? I think you know Trent uh, Bolt's done Trent reasonably Bolt. well as well. Yes, yes, he has. Trent Bolt has done very well. Now, who is going to take over the Daddy Daredevils? That's the other question I wanted to ask you. Sirius Ayer. Oh, it is Shreyas. Okay, good. Yeah, he's had a bit of experience in captaincy, apparently, uh, for India A when they've been touring. So let's see how the young man goes. He was very, very nervous in his interview. I, I saw the interview. He, he was you know, holding the microphone and sort of jumping all over the place. So obviously he needs a bit of media, media training. And which, happy to which help out be, there. Yeah, you'd be happy to, to provide <laughs> that right. for for, for uh, a reasonable course. fee, no doubt. Uh, for, for free, actually, for if free? I can get a box seat for a My game. God. Are you sure? Have you, have you cleared this with the uh, the bean counters over in, <laughs> over in it's New called York? It's called CSR. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, called working for free. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. And back on the batsmen, I think we've covered most of them, haven't we? Uh, I think Jason Roy um, and Kyron Pollard would be the other two. I'd I think Jason Roy's very up and down, isn't he? Yeah, I mean he's yeah. he's hit or miss. I think Chris Lynn has shown glimpses, but been a bit disappointing. I mean, the other night he scored that seventy or eighty odd. And he just showed his power. I mean, he's he's such a power hitter. He's amazing to watch when he's in full How flight. Far? But he, did, did he not hit some kind of humongous six? Yeah, I think like a hundred and five meters or something, something ridiculous like that. God. I mean, that's what this game is going to turn into eventually. We're just going to measure how far the sixes are and then just base the winners on that. You know, somebody, I was reading some ridiculous article the other day. I think in, 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 on Crick Info, somebody was saying that if you hit a six over a certain amount of meters, for example, 90 meters, you should get double the points. I, I think that is just a ridiculous suggestion. I, I think cricket's not only about power hitting, right? It's also about finesse sometimes and about skills. So if you're big and broad... Uh, and using a bat and hitting over 90 meters uh, and getting double their points. So getting 12 points instead of six, I think it's ridiculous. And also I think it encourages bat tampering. <laughs> right? You mean like the using an aluminium bat, for example? Yeah, or using... Sometimes people put metal, metal sort of um, springs down the middle of the bat inside the wood and it actually makes the ball go further. Really? Of course, you know all about that. Well, you could... I mean, there are things you could do, right? You can reinforce the bat... Um, I always wonder how they police these things. Exactly. Because it's very, the same thing. it's very hard to, to keep a check on what's inside a bat. It really is. Um, but I do feel, and maybe this is a good point to segue into the hundred. <laughs> I do feel like we're reaching this twilight zone where any idea about cricket is going to be considered. <laughs> By maybe the, that's by the marketing maybe that's bi mavens. business in general today. Maybe you know, innovation. It's all about innovation and disruption. Disruption, yes. So you know, any idea, no matter how far fetched or crazy, can be considered disruptive, innovative, white space. Yeah, I liked Andrew Strauss's comment about it. You know, they're, they're asking why have you brought out this hundred or whatever they're calling it. Um, he said that he wants to make cricket as simple as possible. Now, <laughs> I don't think that's the point of making a game as simple as possible. Um, the idea is that they want to reduce the game to three hours, right? Now, yeah, but that was the T20. plan with T20. That was exactly supposed to T20 be three should hours. go for three hours, right? But so if you look at 
I've got a list of timings here mm. and oh, wow. games in the BBL and also in South Africa and Ireland go for less than 90 minutes. And the average, the average NatWest blast is 85 minutes. So I'm Just, confused yeah. totally about the have whole you, thinking behind this. Have you added this. in the, the rain breaks in England? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean... I mean, it's just, it's just fancy. I mean, UK has a great history of innovation. So, you know, T20 came out from, of from England, of course, and, from the UK. And limited overs cricket in general, right? 1963. Yeah. I think it was um, a 60 over or 65 over match. Those were the days. Yeah, it was. And people didn't know how to bat, right? <laughs> they, they, well, they batted like a test match. I think Jeffrey Boycott knew how to bat and still knows I how to bat. He, <laughs> I think he batted, didn't he score 30 off like 100 balls or something? No, that was, like that. That was Sunil Gavaskar um, okay. in the World Cup. That's he's, correct, he's yes. He scored 36. And batted he was playing himself in. <laughs> he was. He, he's still playing himself in. He's still playing he's still himself going. in. I'd, I'd love um, to see Jeffrey Boycott in the 100 because he would bat exactly the same way he that would. he batted in, in a test yeah. match. No, you're right. England does have a, a, a reputation for innovation and you don't want to sound like one of these kind yeah. of curmudgeons that is like, oh, well, cricket was much better in my day when Fred Truman was of steaming course. in and and uh, pictures were uncovered and we all wore flat caps and all that kind of thing. But you do really wonder because it's not just the, the weirdness of this format. So 15 six-ball overs and another 10-ball over at the end. Which I, I, <laughs> yeah. just, I just don't understand how they came up with this. Yeah, um, right But also the reasoning behind it is a little weird. So they, they've said they want to attract mums and kids, which is a little patronizing, I think. Mm. Um, really? And, you know, I, no, I understand there is a really big challenge in England. That the, the game is dying there, but there's a very yeah. easy solution to it as well. And that's just stop selling the cricket TV rights to, Behind sat- the paywall. to satellite TV. Uh, and then you don't have yes. to worry about all these crazy formats. And I guess this is also an issue in Australia now where for the first time, I think, um, cricket is going behind the paywall. Is that right? That's correct. So, so with the TV rights that were sold recently... A lot of cricket. So one day international cricket, T20 international cricket in Australia, by the way, and almost half the big bash season, which I cannot fathom at all, is going to be behind a paywall, right. which I think is disastrous for cricket. Um, yeah. I think Shane Warne has been very aggressive saying that it's pure greed from the ACB. I think there's some truth to that as well. I think I think Channel 10 and Channel 9 offered 900 and something million they went with the consortium from Fox and Channel Seven, which I think added about 1.2 million Australian dollars. So about you know a bill, sorry, 1.2 billion. So about a billion US dollars. Wow, um, okay. and that's double what they got last time. So I think it's detrimental to the game. It really is. I mean, I I think the Big Bash has become like the dinner barbecue background noise during summer in Australia. You see it everywhere you walk on the street. It's on everyone's TV. It's in pubs. It's just part of the culture. People watch it. People get into it. So putting that behind the paywall, I, I just don't see how that benefits cricket. Mm. And and as I've mentioned to you off air before, Rune, I've been to many of these big bash games when I'm back in Australia for summer. And most of the audience are kids and families. They come ac- along to it because there's kiss cams, there's dance cams, there's you know, give outs and free stuff. There's sixes being hit. There's great commentary. There's all sort of entertainment going on and they love it. So I just don't know why we're going with another strange format that has no context whatsoever. I mean, people might go and watch it for a novelty, but I mean, there's there's not going to be any tournaments around it, you wouldn't think. Uh, So I just think it's a folly. Why not speed up the T20 game? 
Like, why not try and get that down into 80 minutes or 90 minutes yeah. and be done with it? Yeah, but, but I do think this is the, the, the logical conclusion to taking cricket away from yeah. the public. Um, right. You end up with a situation where uh, the, the younger generation actually loses touch with the game. And we're, we're definitely seeing that happen in, in England where, you know, cricket's not really played in schools and, and you know, the vast majority of, of kids don't really watch cricket anymore. So, so then you end up with these, these weird ideas to try and entice them back in. Um, but, you know, T20, is, as, you've, as you've described, I think it's, it's, it's really fit for purpose for, for, for youngsters. Think, yeah, I think as you see reducing numbers in participation, right, you always sort of watch that for the next generation. And I think we see that happening in Australia I think it's happening in the UK. I'm not sure exactly. Um, but if you see that trend happening, the, the reduction in participation, it's, it spells very badly for the game long term. It means there's going to be naturally less interest. Yeah, no, the, the ECB's own survey of school children um, shows that three in five uh, don't rank cricket in their top 10 favorite sports. That's sad. That's staggering. Can you think? Of, I didn't even There aren't really 10 sports. Yeah, what I mean, are what they? What sports are they? Exactly. Well, esports. Esports are big these days, e-sports. right? So it's probably esports now. I mean, what are the kids playing these days? Because there's sixty percent of these kids don't rank cricket in their top ten sports. Adult participation in club cricket has dropped by sixty four thousand. Yeah. Um, and you know this all happens from two thousand and five when English cricket was never more popular. Twenty three million people right. watched at least thirty minutes of the Ashes series. So I feel mm. for the ECB, the people who are there now were not the ones who made this decision to sell the TV rights to Sky, but I believe that if they had to make that decision again, they would do the same thing. So they really, yeah, are, I think they, it's very sad. They, have, they only have themselves to blame. You know, I think James Sutherland, CEO. <laughs> still CEO. Uh, uh, still CEO yeah. of, of Australian Cricket Board. I mean, he, he Cricket Australia, I'm sorry. He's come out and said that his job as a CEO is protection of the game uh, and the spread of the game, not just money. And I think that that his actions, you know, speak louder than words. To be honest, I mean, they've just shown their hand by getting as much money as they can for the TV rights. I think it's it's shameful, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, look, you I, you can make the case that the more money you get, the better it is for the game, right? Yeah. Because then you can spend on grassroots and youth development and club cricket. Um, but I just think there's no substitute for having cricket on, on, on free-to-air TV. I guess some of the saving graces are, at least in Australia, that, for example, the World Cup has already been bought from the ICC by Channel 9, so that'll be free-to-air. Um, so will the next Ashes Tour, which is coming up next year as well. So those international tournaments, some of them will be played on terrestrial free TV, which is good. But I think... Um, yeah, it's, it's very questionable, this whole thing. And I'll leave you with this last quote before we move on to discuss um, some shenanigans in Pakistan. Uh, Tom Harrison, who's the ECB's chief executive, uh, writing about The 100, said that people who come to watch the new competition won't need to know the ins and outs of the LBW <laughs> law or even how many balls are in and over. I mean, can you imagine... What's the point? Can you imagine another sport waving the exactly. white, white flag? In this way, yes. can you imagine? Such a white flag. You know, football saying, "Well, you don't need to know what the goal is there for." 
Yeah. I mean, you don't... Just go and enjoy the atmosphere. Well, what atmosphere? Yeah, right? well, basketball saying, well, this, this way we're going to take the hoop out of the equation. So <laughs> I'd say one word for you, Arun, and listeners, inauthentic. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like fake kind of cricket, which makes no sense to me whatsoever to a fan because your, your core audience for any marketing has to be the core fan, right? If it doesn't align with the fan, you won't get anybody else interested in it. Yeah, yeah. If you Let's alienate your core, it's, it's risky. Absolutely. Now, I'll tell you the other thing this tournament reminded me of. Do you remember Cricket Max? No, what was that? The late, I, it was, a, it was an was... idea from the late, great uh, Martin Crowe. Uh, and actually, it was a... It, 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 kind of, it, it took off a little bit. It was before T20. And I think it was 10 overs aside. And he had this whole... He came up with it himself. Because, you know, Martin Crowe did come up with, with, with a number of ideas. And, an and, innovator. Yeah, it never t- he was an innovator. It never took off because I think he was not quite as good at execution as, as he was at innovation, which, which may sound... Ideas. An ideas man. Maybe sounds familiar to you in your line of work. Um, <laughs> but it, actually not a million miles away from Cricket Max. I have a feeling that was played with plastic balls and wickets, though. I could Look, be I mean, I think there's a lot of grassroots, as I've mentioned before, Last Man Stands on this podcast, which I think is a great format. The eight-person aside, 20 ball overs, very fast game. Look, it's good for weekend cricketers, but it's not an international spectator sport. Um, just like sixes. Cricket sixes is great. If you're playing it, it's fun to watch um, in a sort of novel way, but it's not, it's not real cricket. It's not real sport. It's just fun to participate in. Yeah. But at least it's people watching it know what the the LBW law is. And, you know, they understand what sport they're watching. I mean, this is... Yeah. Uh, just... Anyway, so let's move away from this chaos to something far more predictable. <laughs> and that is the, um, the, the shenanigans around the, the selection of Pakistan's squad to tour England, Pakistan's first tour of England since 2016. And, of course, uh, nothing in Pakistan cricket would proceed uh, according to the script. And so, therefore, we have had two, at least two, very curious decisions in this selection. I think chief among these is the omission of batsman Fawad Alam. Alam, mm. um, Considered, you know, probably Pakistan's best batsman on a domestic basis. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the Qaid-e-Azam trophy, he, uh, he, he scores a ton of runs. Well pronounced. Um, thank you very much. Uh, and yet he's been overlooked for selection committees yeah. and captains for eight years. You really have to wonder mm. what exactly Fawad Alam has or hasn't done to keep yes. being omitted. I would love to hear it. I bet he's. I bet there's some great story. It's a bit this. of Simon Kadich there, isn't it? Maybe. I mean, has he? Uh, do you think Fawad Alam has choked the Pakistani captain <laughs> in, the, in the dressing room? Is that is that what you're suggesting? On behalf of the other players, for, for probably not, singing, not. For not singing the team song. Um, <laughs> I think the other interesting thing is that the um, that um, Imam Al Haq is in the team as well, um, who is the cousin, of course, or the nephew of Imam Al Haq, which I'm, is very nepotistic. I'm, I'm sure, Darren, that there is absolutely no connection. based on merit. And I'm surprised you would bring that up, <laughs> given what we know of Pakistan cricket and the meritocracy on yes. which it is built. Um, I, it certainly seems like. Poor Fawad Alam does not have the right relatives. Um, Inzamam said he has seen 
better players than Fawad in the last three years. And he probably has outside Pakistan. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he has. But inside Pakistan, it's really hard to see. Uh, he, you know, he mentioned Saeed Ali. Uh, he thinks is better and the decision to prefer Saad was unanimous. Uh, anyway, that's a strange one. So having said that, they'll probably beat England in this upcoming tour. Uh, I mean, the, the, there's, <laughs> you're, you're right. I'm sure there's plenty of talent in the squad. They have dropped Wahab Riaz. That's another big call. Yeah. Um, Wahab Riaz is, I mean, for a country, you know, brought up on Wasim Akram, I guess it's, it's yeah. kind of hard. You, you grow up on caviar and then you're kind of stuck with potatoes, I think. That's well, kind of, Ahmed Amir is caviar. Come on. He is. No, but I mean in terms of left-arm bowlers. Yeah. If you're used to Wasim Akram and then you're presented with Wahab Riaz, I think it's a, it's, it's a difficult transition. And yet he has been one of their best bowlers over the last two or three years. Anyway, he's dropped. The good news yeah. is that um, Mohamed Amir has got his visa. It was touch and go there. Yes. For a few days, and as someone who has had to apply for a UK visa before, although I don't have any criminal convictions to my name, unlike Mohammed Amir, uh, it, it can be a, a pretty long process. Mm. Um, the, the tough one is that they've lost Yasir Shah, who is, you know, I think by yeah, common consent. Injured. Yeah, injured leg spinner, their best bowler. That would be a tricky one. But as you said, they've picked, I think there's a 19-year-old uh, un- unseen leg spinner Shadab is mm. coming to the squad and uh, I suspect he will do pretty well um, mm. they recalled Harris Sahail um, they've uh, brought in Sami Aslam I mean it's a very new look team right because there's no Mizbah yeah. Haq there's no Yunus Khan yeah and I think that you know a lot of the Pakistan public has been blaming um, the coach which I don't think he has full call on the whole team. But I, I think Abdul Qadir, who's normally pretty outspoken, was quite interesting calling Mickey Arthur, the coach, an incompetent white man. Um, I, th- I think the exact word he used was Gora. Gora, which, which is, is even worse. Which is kind of more offensive than white man. Yeah. You know, it kind and, of carries us. Can I read this quote to others? Since I like this quote, I found it on a, a sports site. And, and I quote, who is Mickey Arthur? He is someone who was kicked out by South Africa and Australia. Mickey Arthur is the one who ruined Shane Watson's cricket. Hmm. Ruined the cricket of Ahmad Shazad, Uma Akmal. Now he is after Wahab Riyas. Mm. Tense I, stuff. I, Deep stuff. From- I'm not sure I disagree with any of that. Um, <laughs> I didn't know Abdul Qadir had, uh, had, had taken such notice of Shane Watson's That's right, I um, didn't know either. Career. Maybe they were having a chat when he was playing in the uh, PSL. PSL must have been. Um, I mean, Abdul Qadir has a reputation for running his mouth off. Great bowler. Great, great bowler. And bowling at a time when leg spin was really dying out. Mm. Uh, but you can't, you can't say that kind of stuff. Imagine if um, David Warner or someone had, had made a similarly racially charged comment uh, about a, a, a West Indian coach or a Pakistani coach. I you mean, mean like Darren Lehman? Talking about uh, Sri Lankans. Uh, yes. Well, we'll we'll never forget that. Yeah. To, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, he well gentleman. he was you know he he was banned and you know he he, he was punished accordingly. So, he was. Yeah, I think we can we can probably ignore Abdul Qadir. Probably can. But it'll be interesting. Pakistan um, 
touring England. I'll, I'll look forward to that. I will be in England. I will be... I may try and go to one of the Pakistan matches. I'm definitely going to the India-England one day at Lords. Oh, great. On July... I can't remember the date. I think it's the 14th. Excellent. That should be fun. Indeed. And hopefully I'll actually see India win a match in person. Every time I've seen them play, they've lost. <laughs> you put the mocker on them. I, I am literally a curse on the team. You really are. Great. Well, Darren, thank you so much. Um, we've got coming up after this, we're going to talk to another new contributor to Cricket Ultras as our family and universe expands. We have Toby Doman coming in to talk about what's going on in the county championship. Um, where Sounds exciting. Already numerous matches have been rained off. As, as this time of year is very common. Of course, yeah. I mean, so, so that tells you that, that we're at least three weeks in, I think. Um, but, and people but, are still wearing, everyone's wearing beanies. Well, of the, of the 25 people who are turning up for the county matches. I mean, days. the players. <laughs> yeah. Yes, quite right. Excellent. I'll talk to you soon, Darren, and thank you all for listening. We are very happy to welcome on to Cricket Ultras from Dow Jones. It's Toby Doman, a keen cricket aficionado, and our unofficial county championship correspondent. Good so, morning. Morning, Toby. Welcome to the show. Um, you're going to talk to us about all things English cricket related, because there's a lot going on in England. As we know, we've already discussed this crazy hundred idea, which um, kind of reminds me of the movie 300. It's, it's almost cricket's last stand. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about the county championship, the runners and riders. The, the tournament has started. If I'm not mistaken. It has, and it's that time of year in England where it's sort of soggy, soggy mm. sandwiches and a wet afternoon at home on a Tuesday, which is real hardcore cricket fans, you know, in April starts. So, mm. yeah, a lot going on, and, and obviously two divisions in England. So, um, Essex are champions mm. from last year, and they've lost their bowling coach, Chris Silverwood, to England. So, right. all change um, at Chelmsford. I think they've got a good blend of youth and experience, and I think. It's a long season, come September, we'll, we'll see whether they're in the mix of winning once again. Obviously, mm -hmm. Alistair Cook is their sort of totemic batsman, probably won't see much of him, mm. barring spectacular test failures, so they pretty much write him off. Mm. Uh, they've already beaten Lancashire this season, and they had eight Centurions last season, so they're stock full of runs, so I think they should be there or thereabouts. Lancashire also perennial powerhouses on the county circuit, Glen Chapel. Mm -hmm. is overseeing their progress at the moment. They've got two potential England openers, actually. Keaton Jennings, poached from Durham mm -hmm. in the close season, and then yep. Asib Hamid. Ed Smith, new ECB uh, chief selector, is a big fan. Of Hamid. Hamid. Who's already played for him. He has. He's had a stuttering start to his England career. But yeah, he Ed looked Smith. the part, though, I thought, Hasib Hamid. He got yeah. an injury, I think, which, which and took that, him out. And as you, as you know, the issue with the, with the current England lineup is that they, they haven't really successfully replaced Jonathan Trott Mm. Or somebody to stick around with Alistair Cook to open the batting. So, you know, is it is it Hamid? Mm -hmm. um, is it is it Stoneman? Is it Bairstow potentially? Mm. And then asking Ben Folks to come in at wicketkeeper. So there's all these permutations knocking Which would around. Give us Folks, Wokes, and Stokes. Yeah, we were just saying alliteration paradise is yeah. is, is, is just merely months away. It's it's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, and Joss Butler. Don't forget Joss Butler at Lancashire as well. 
Yeah. Um, he won't yeah. play much four-day cricket until maybe the end of the season. But again, right. Ed Smith, a big fan of his. Yep. So there's potentially a lot of wicketkeeper batsmen jostling for positions in, in the national team. Mm. But for Lancashire, I think. Lancashire and Essex in Division 1. And then Surrey, rumours about Virat Kohli could be making an appearance at the Oval. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk, but not, not so much action. I think they, they have an overseas player, don't they, on a short-term contract? Uh, they have Morley Morkel, recently right. retired. Okay. And they also have... Uh, who else have we got here? Yeah, so more, more cool. And then they're they've going to have people missing. So obviously Stoneman will be there, they're about the England side. The Curran brothers, mm-hmm. look, well, Tom obviously at IPL at the moment, um, his younger brother. Uh, they've got Sam. Dean Elgar for the first two months. That's, That's who right. it is. Yeah, That's so, right. But, but I think they had Sangakara last season, so 1,500 runs he yeah. scored last season. That's, That's a lot so. to replace. That's a lot. Well, I think the thinking is Virat Kohli might come in for June. Just, just for a month, really. He would miss the India-Afghanistan test match, which is a shame because obviously that's Afghanistan's yeah. um, first, late, late first test match. Um, but, I, I, I mean, I'd be very happy if he plays for Surrey. I think it's always great when, when English counties roll out the red carpet for international players. I was going to say, what do you think, you know, ahead of... Uh, <laughs> ahead of the, the series. Ahead right? of the series. Can is only that helpful help? to oh, England? Helps. No. no, it doesn't help England at all. I've, I've, I've heard Mark Butcher make the case before. He doesn't understand why counties help overseas players acclimatise ahead of, ahead of um, their countries touring England. But from the county perspective, of course, you can't really turn down the prospect of Virat Kohli playing for you for no a way. month. Could, I mean, for all, for all his achievements in the, in the game at national level, you, you have to say big runs in English conditions are possibly one weak spot in his record. So this really, is really the only weak spot. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's very aware of it. If anything, I'd say he's a little too aware of it. Like, it a bit chippy, you think? Yeah, it, it, it's almost it's become kind of a complex with him. But anyway, coming back to, to Division 1, um, you know, Surrey look a decent prospect. Any others you've got your eye on? Um, interesting go- goings on at Nottinghamshire, actually. Peter Moores, obviously former England coach, has, mm. has landed at Trent Bridge. They're promoted from Division 2 last season, so they've got Ross Taylor as their sort of key oh. overseas player, quality batsman. Um, and England's Jake Ball, who I have to say looked innocuous in, mm. in the Ashes uh, and the subsequent ODIs in Australia and New Zealand, he's got a point to prove. And so whether he comes back firing, um, they've already beaten Lancashire by six wickets actually mm. uh, this season. So could be a dark horse there at Trent Bridge. Yeah, okay, interesting. Interesting. Um, any others in Division 1 or should we move on to Division 2? Uh, Division 1, I'd say that, that Worcestershire are newly promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue Worcestershire have in the early season, which we are now, is that New Road loves to get flooded. So mm-hmm. the Worcestershire groundsman must be the most stressed out groundsman out of anyone in Division yeah, 1 I saw. Two. I did see the pictures. It's pretty bad. <laughs> pretty soggy wicket. So fortunately, their first two games are away. Mm-hmm. But the issue is they don't really have any big names in there. Um, they've got Travis Head from Australia as their... Um, sort of middle order booster from South Australia but there's, mm. they're at perennial yo-yo club so I think one's for relegation to look out for are the pairs of mm. Worcestershire and what about God's Own County God's Own County uh, so up in Yorkshire um, Ryan Sidebottom has now retired finally Oh, which okay. will mean a change in attitude and, and sort of the way they play I think um, yeah. he was a real um, sort of linchpin for the, the way they've operated for a while at Headingley obviously Joe Root won't be seen 
very often around the Carnegie area. Um, Adil Rashid is now white ball only as well, which yeah, is quite controversial. Which is interesting, right? It, is Joss Butler only a white ball only uh, as no, well? He no, he is still um, due to play some red ball cricket, but mm. Rashid was one of the first to make the move. There have been a couple since then, but the, the issue for Yorkshire is they struggle to bowl outsides mm. um, uh, properly, and, and Rashid was one of those weapons that they had. Mm-hmm. The top six look a bit short of runs, and they just lost David Willey and Liam Plunkett at the very last minute to IPL, so they've they had did. a disrupted start to the season. They've got um, Chetushwara, Steve Pujara, <laughs> shoring <laughs> yes. up the middle. I mean, he's done pretty well for Yorkshire, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah he's been fantastic. And, and Ben Code is one to watch as well, actually, right. on England Watch. Yeah, uh, okay. young medium pacer. Um, they've actually got quite a strong um, store cupboard of, of pace uh, at Yorkshire. Young young lads under twenty three, but Ben Code is the one that they're really excited about up in Yorkshire. Okay. So keep an eye on him throughout and the summer. I think Kane Williamson is coming in later on in the summer, which uh, will help. Yeah, that he's obviously um, quality batsman again. But these are all very short term. So it's it's mm. how do you plan and bring these big guys in for two three games? Mm. But Dale Stain is due, I believe, in. Um, at Hampshire for a couple of games. Right. So okay. yeah, great for great for bums on seats, but is it good if you're the coach and you yeah. want to plan a season? And Yorkshire has a sports psychologist um, that they've appointed, but not everyone is happy about that. No, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Boycott is not a big fan of that. Cal Surprise, you might no. say. Well, you know, he just turned up and batted. He did not need a sports psychologist. Well, that was his mother, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right, so Division 2, who do you think is going to be promoted? Division 2, you've got to, you've got to look at Warwickshire and Middlesex. They've got quality squads. Um, mm. Warwickshire, in particular, runs good all. Ian Bell and Jonathan Trott have over 10,000 test runs between them, mm. and they will no longer feature in the national side. So they're at an advantage when they've got mm-hmm. quality players like that firing. Chris Wokes is likely to be in the England mix. Um, mm more so than he will play for Warwickshire, but Jeetan Patel is their captain, classy spinner, mm-hmm. very wily, or as you probably say on the circuit, a bit of nouse mm. on him, which is code for lost his nip, but very, very wily <laughs> character indeed. Crafty, yeah, crafty veteran. Crafty. So they've got a good balance. Um, and I think the other side to look at, Middlesex, they've just lost Toby Rowland-Jones actually for the whole season they with have, a stress yeah. fracture. Mm. Um, but their bowling attack with Steve Finn and Tim Murtagh looks decent, and David Milan is their captain, mm. pending England duty. Right, so he may not feature that much, right? But then there's Nick Gubbins, who's touted as mm. um, Cook's potential test partner, so th- there's potential That's for that right. to change the dynamic Pretty, at Lords. Yeah, I think I know I think I know his fiance. Anyway, oh, moving on. <laughs> oh, um, detail. <laughs> Nick Compton, um, is he going to feature for England, do you think, or is he just is he will he, will he be pretty much focused on Middlesex? I think I think his Frankly, his time has probably passed. There's a number of oh, really? three or four okay. people named in front of him for that in mm. sort of top order spot. We've obviously talked about Stoneman and Hasib at uh, to Lancashire. Mm. So I think, you know, along with a number of, I mean, looking down the list of all the different counties, there are a number of players in his position where they've had a bit of exposure, like Balance, for example, at Yorkshire, mm-hmm. uh, exposure to, to the England setup and seem to have fallen out of favour. With Ed Smith, who knows? He's uh, he, you know he's using this money ball approach where he's looking at stats and data to drive selection decisions, oh. uh, which is a, a departure from for what we've had previously. From so good, they just want a good solid chap to hold up the middle order. Yes, I guess this won't help Alistair Cook, will it? If yeah. people are actually looking at uh, the data, stats, yeah, at the stats. Quite poor I mean, do, do you times. see his position under threat at all in the England team? Um, 
I think I do. He was giving an interview maybe last week, I think it was the opening game Essex mm. uh, were playing at, at Chelmsford and he was there doing a photo call. Uh, and obviously Ed Smith is now in. Um, I guess the subtext to a lot of the discussion with Cook was, could this be your farewell test series mm. in England? I think if he fails in the early part of the, the season, the selectors will be under pressure to, right, we need to find a settled pairing in for the second half yeah. of the season for the, for the five-day tests. Mm. And who do you think are the contenders? Because it, it seems like there's only a few spots in the England team that you could say, after this horrendous winter tour, there's only a few spots that are really nailed down. Well, I would have said before the tour, Cook was one of them, but I think mm. that nail has probably gone a bit rusty. Mm-hmm. And so we might be looking at a new pairing at the top of the order. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it all depends I mean, on the early season for him, I think. I mean, it's a lot of runs to do without. You know? It is. <laughs> and he's, what, 12,000 test runs yeah. um, compiled over a decade. Mm. I mean, Hamid obviously has been talked about. Keaton Jennings has had a, a, a go um, mm. last summer probably his time needs to come again. So there's three or four jostling for position under there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm convinced, I remain unconvinced by Mark Stoneman. I think Stoneman. I saw him in the ashes and he was yeah. okay. James Vince at three, I think, doesn't really convince. So there's a lot of issues. Dawid Malan looks, I thought, looked the part. He came back with some credit. He did. Um, young Johnny Bairstow, of course, um, is, is probably nailed on. Ben Stokes as well. Uh, Moeen yeah. Ali's been dropped. Yep. Uh, and then you have the old firm of Broad and Anderson. I mean, I suspect they can probably go for another another English summer. Yeah. Not too taxing for them. But then who will be the third team or fourth team? You've got the Overton brothers. Yeah. Um, uh, Overton got was right. I mean, uh, Roden Jones played well mm-hmm. last season. I saw Kevin Peterson disparagingly describing him as a throwdown bowler um, in terms of pace on Twitter. He was not impressed. You know, he's probably fine in English conditions, but... Struggles on flat wicket. Well, at least he didn't call him a pie chucker. That's, <laughs> that's his favourite insult. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the bowling looks up. up, up you know, Chris Silverwood obviously now the new bowling coach. Um, mm. f- uh, he's got a job to do. Mason Crane is now injured for a couple of months. So. Yeah, the, the the crane is 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 I guess landed and is, is, is <laughs> cannot take off for the foreseeable no. future. Grounded. Grounded. The crane is further, grounded until further notice. Which might be a good thing. I felt he was um, exposed a little too early. I mean, he uh, went for 100 at the SCG, yeah. but he got, you know, he got himself a wicket and, and some praise from Warney, which is good enough, I guess. But Jack Leach mm. has been mm. parachuted in. Taunton is obviously uh, well known for its uh, Bunsen burners. And I think the groundsman there has come under pressure to stop preparing such turning wickets, which would neuter mm. uh, Leach in particular. But he's had a decent finish to the New Zealand part of the tour with mm. England. And I expect him to probably be there or thereabouts for this summer okay. part. Okay, but a lot of slots open. Multiple um, slots. And it, also one of the questions is the wicketkeeper batsman dynamic. Mm. Do you continue with young Johnny Bairstow or do you bring in folks and push Bairstow up to five? Mm. Well, Bairstow's or, adamant that he wants to keep, doesn't he? Yeah. But he's clearly good enough to play as a batsman. Yeah, he's been uh, one of the best England batsmen. But then the if you can bring Bairstow in at number six and then play... You know, five bowlers. Yeah. Stokes at seven. That's a, that's a very deep batting. Order. Yeah, well, and it gives you five real bowlers, doesn't it? Frontline bowlers, which teams want to do, it seems these days. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, there's options, but there are many unknowns, which I think is a tough job for, for Ed Smith and team. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So that's the county. One more county I wanted to ask about. How do you see Durham faring after their points deductions? 
it's going to be tough for them. Uh, obviously, they're the most northerly of first-class counties, and I think they might struggle. Their England pairing is obviously Ben Stokes and, and Mark Wood. Mm. They won't see much action at Chester the Street. They lost Keaton Jennings right. uh, in the close season, gone over over the Pennines to, to Lancashire. Um, the, on the plus side, Paul Collingwood yeah, it's is still going. one of the wiliest of operators on the circuit. Yeah. Still going at 42, I think. Well, he never had any nip to lose. No, but he's <laughs> consistently nipless. Yeah, um, but, but still going strong. Yeah, fantastic operator. And, you know, I think they will struggle. I think they were um, struggling last season and they'll struggle again with such a disrupted uh, mm. winter. Um, yeah. So that's going to be tough for them. Okay. All right, so very quickly then, um, wanted to ask you about... Test match special. It appears that, I don't know if this is the first time, but um, some shock, some surprise that Test match special will not be broadcasting England's winter tour to the West Indies this year. The rights have gone to talk sport. Correct, yeah, that's been a, a bit of a shock. Um, look, I think there was news recently actually that Wembley Stadium has just been sold to a foreign investor. Ha- has he actually bought it? I, be- I believe that, okay. I believe so. So my, my point being that the crown jewels of sort of English sporting life uh, mm. have been long sold off. Um, you know, Liverpool, Manchester United, etc. So, yeah. w- whilst maybe ten years ago this would there would have been a lot more um, upset about this. I think this is not the first time this has happened. Talksport have I think had one day right action before, they have, so they're yeah. not totally new. To and they've the got some decent commentators. Well, well, I hear I Bumble and Steve Harmison are being lined up uh, okay. along with probably Chirpy Chappy Darren Goff. Um, but the, the style will be more tabloid. It will be yeah. more blokey. There'll be lots of adverts for um, you know, sort of DIY shops and, and manorama car <laughs> car stuff. <laughs> and they've also got the rights to the South Africa tour the winter after. Okay. Um, but TMS or Test Match Special is, is kind of revered for, for non-English listeners to the podcast. Is revered similar to the Channel Nine experience maybe in Australia. Oh, but Channel Nine's gone downhill, I think. But it's been around for forty years, and mm. so it's the sort of the sound of summer, you know, along yeah. with Jim Maxwell on ABC. Yeah, he's he's a legend. So yeah, you know, see him, uh, Christopher Martin Jenkins, Brian Johnston, um, John Arlott, You know, those are the voices of English cricket for the summer, and so it's held in special special regard. So uh, Jonathan Agnew, obviously very upset on Twitter, was you know, is it? I did see that. He got a relative. Or yeah, something. I think he drew a response from uh, one of the Talksport talking heads. Well, very quite right. very aggrieved with Jonathan Agnew's it's, tweet. It's good because it'll bring, it'll bring fresh fresh uh, opinions and fresh voices because I think the, the bigger picture when we've talked about all of the um, the different new formats, the 100 ball for example, EC, the ECB are desperate to try and connect with a new younger audience and this yeah. is symptomatic of... Right and, and young people I'm guessing don't really listen to Test Match Special that much. They're yeah. far more likely to listen to Talksport. I guess so, but also one, one thing worth pointing out that um, it's not the, the ECB were not involved in this decision. It's down right. to the West Indies uh, cricket board, for yep. example. But yeah. I, I think and money this is the way it's all going. That people yeah. they like short form, they like more punchy coverage to get more young audience involved. So this is all part of that bigger move, I think. All right. Well, Toby, thank you so much for your impressive research. I must say, very diligent. I, you are you're kind of showing the rest of us on cricket ultras up. And uh, I think we're probably going to have to invite you back because it's no bad thing to have someone with a little knowledge on this show. Um, So as the English summer progresses, and in particular as the international matches get underway, uh, I think we will definitely bring you back in to maybe talk about the the Pakistan series and of course the big one, the Indian tour of of England. Um, I will be at 
one of the games in July. Um, so that should be fun. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.